Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is September 13th, and we're coming in hot this week with another breakdown of a section in the EuroLeague Framework Agreement. Um, this, this episode is not to be confused with the EuroLeague Health and Safety Protocols for the upcoming season, which I did a couple of days ago. Today, we're talking about the contents of the EuroLeague Framework Agreement that discusses player uh, health and wellness. So it's a little bit different. The, the the previously mentioned episode was more for safety protocols built around the COVID situation and like how they're going to actually get through the season. Um, and again, this one is just the agreement between uh, the EuroLeague and the Players Association for overall player wellness. So we have uh, six parts here and I'm going to, per usual, go down the list here and just kind of read off and describe each one and try to communicate it a little bit better than just reading it off the paper. So first section is physical checkup. So all players will have to submit a standardized physical checkup health screening, which includes just the basics like cardiac screening, um, different sort of um, you know body tests uh, and calculations. Um, and that has to be at the beginning of the season in coordinates with the sport medicine laws, the rules and the regulations of that country where the club is based. So some of those clubs might be a little bit different, um, but no player can actually uh, start activity without passing that corresponding medical test. So that's pretty basic. Second one, medical services. So as the EuroLeague uh, continues to improve the medical services and, and resources for all the clubs throughout the duration of this agreement, they're going to work in conjunction with the teams and the team resources just to make sure that they're collectively bringing in the best possible overall medical services uh, for players. So to, to hold the teams and I guess each other um, accountable, um, each club has to send to the EuroLeague office and to the Players Association office all of their medical staff's qualifications, their, their board affiliations, and their national association memberships at least seven days before uh, before the start of the preseason, which obviously right now has already began. So um, I, I love this one because I don't think that there was any sort of accountability in the past. Not that teams took advantage of it, especially at the EuroLeague level. I, I know you know EuroLeague teams had uh, typically have pretty top notch services for 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 their medical uh, medical staffs, but this is great because now now it's it's you know. It's it's accountability. I mean, it's 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 putting this stuff on paper. It's it's really uh, making sure that clubs are going through the proper steps to hire the right type of people and the best people to uh, to, to protect their players ultimately. Um, and and also on the medical front, so clubs are uh, are obligated to report players' um, injuries, any type of injuries. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. So clubs are are obligated to report players, um, both their injuries and their, in their rest times, um, within 24 hours, um, 
of it happening. So I, I doubt that this will be public information yet, but I hope in the future it leads to a bit more transparency and they do something similar to the NBA's um, like medical obligations for teams. So right now the NBA currently requires teams to disclose official injury, like the official injury report and player status by 5 p.m. local time uh, in that team's uh, time zone on the day before a game. So I think that would be great if the EuroLeague did that and published that um, publicly. I don't think that's going to be this year, or I don't think that's what this requires, but it does require clubs to at least report those injuries to the, the EuroLeague front office. Um, and then obviously players and clubs are supposed to follow the health and safety protocols that, that were established, which is what I was referring to when I started the episode. That, that's the episode that I went over a couple of days ago about you know the protocols with basically the COVID situation and how how teams will be getting through that this year. Um, and then the last part of this section is that clubs will provide each player's, like all of the players' collected data over however long that they want it for uh, if a player requests it. So at the end of the season, if a player requests all the data that they collected on their medical reports, then they have to give it to them right away, which is pretty self-explanatory. Third section, emergency standards. So at least one member of the club's medical and performance staff who regularly travels with the team should have a valid uh, AED and CPR certification. That it has to be issued by a valid institution and recognized by the country where that club is based. And they obviously need to prove that. Um, actually, you know what? I take that back. They don't say, it says that each team should have. So I don't know if, they, if they're making every team. I would imagine that each team will have that, but it doesn't sound like they have to actually report those certifications to, to the office. But I would hope that each team follows through with that one, because obviously, given the situations of the past several years, we know that you know heart issues are, are definitely more common than we hope for, or more common than we think. So having a, an AED or CPR certified member of staff is, is definitely important. Fourth section. Second medical opinion. This one's big. So players and clubs both have the right to ask for a neutral second opinion regarding to any sort of injury, any treatment of health conditions or concerns. Um, and that's going to be coordinated basically just through the yearly basketball medical officer. They will be able to kind of be that, that peer mediator, if you will, for that. So anytime a club or a player requests that, that, that second medical opinion, the requesting party will be responsible for covering all the costs because obviously the first cost is covered by the team. Um, and then if the EuroLeague basketball medical officer approves that, then a, uh, a player can be granted up to three days, including their travel days, three days total to visit wherever they need to go uh, in order to obtain that, that second medical opinion. So um, this one's big. Um, and, and then the last section here is just, just the, the medical officer following up and, and basically playing that peer mediator role where they're going to discuss with the team doctor the neutral second medical opinion doctor, and then they will come together to obtain a final diagnosis for the player um, and, and then just go from there. So second medical opinion is huge because I don't believe that that was actually in any sort of bylaws in the past. And a lot of times what happens were, was, you know, that a, a team would have their, you know, internal doctor, not right or wrong, but uh, whether, you know, whatever they reported, a lot of times a player would disagree with, whether that means, you know, they, they want the player to come back early and the player didn't want that, or sometimes it was even the opposite. You know, they, they wanted a player to sit out and they basically used it as an excuse to bring another player and the player was ready to play. So anyways, now it's, now it's written. 
And if there's any sort of disparity between what the team thinks and or wants and what the player thinks and or wants, then they can get either party can get a second opinion. Next section is concussion protocol. And so I looked around a bit for this, but I didn't look hard enough, obviously, because I couldn't get my hands on the actual official um, protocol for concussions here. So when I do, I will report back to you. But the only the only sentence here in this part just says that the implement implementation of the EuroLeague basketball's concussion protocol is mandatory throughout all clubs. Um, and so they the said their instructions will be forwarded to every club throughout in a, an awareness campaign, which I would imagine if it didn't happen already, it will happen soon. And I'll report back to you when I have that update. And the last section here, which I love, is it definitely protects the players. It uh, involves on-court platforms. So there's been a lot of issues here in various domestic leagues um, and even I think some international competitions with uh, actually in, in, in all countries here in college too. I know in the NBA that, that there's been an issue in the past, but um, the on-court like stickers and on-court um, anything that can get, that could potentially be harmful or, or risky for players um, when they're playing the game. So first part here of the on-court platforms is no canvases are allowed inside or around the playing court area. So canvases is essentially the thing that covers the, the bench and uh, I've actually seen this, I believe, tw once or no, twice. I think I've seen this when I went to a game in in uh, Cervantes Zvezda in Belgrade. Um, and then I've seen it in Panathinaikos uh, in Athens. I believe those are the only two. There may be a couple more that I've seen. Um, but this obviously does not allow that for games. And then the big one here is no stickers inside the basketball court are allowed except the EuroLeague logo but that has to be in between the three-point line and mid-court somewhere. And then the club's logo in the, in the mid-court circle, um, which is which they asked to be preferably painted. So there can't be anything in the paint. There can't be anything below inside the three-point line. Um, you know, who, I'm not sure. I don't think I've seen it yet on EuroLeague. Uh, EuroLeague streams or broadcasts, but the NBA has upgraded to doing digital signage, which you probably – thought were stickers on the floor, but it's actually done digitally. Um, you know, you see them on the baseline there and, and you see them um, in the paint sometimes, but uh, those are not stickers. So hopefully the EuroLeague will follow through with that and be able to generate some more revenue here uh, soon. But uh, I like this one because obviously there's been situations in the past where players have gotten injured. Um, and then and then obviously no one can really be, uh, was able to be held accountable in the past. So that is what I got for you. That is section 14. Actually, I forgot to do what I usually do at the beginning. That is section 14, player health and wellness in the EuroLeague framework agreement. If you wanted to go check that and, and kind of read for your uh, read it with your own eyes after that starts on page 19 of the EFA. Hope you enjoyed that one. Have an amazing day. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Sports Business Secrets. If you heard something today that you liked but made you realize you're still curious and you might want to learn more, head on over to www.sportsagentsecrets.com. If you've been listening to my podcast from the beginning, you're probably aware that some of this stuff is not really talked about and there's plenty of information that stays behind the curtain. Well, my goal is to peel back that curtain and dive into the things that are left untalked about. 
I just launched the first of many online courses to come, and the first course is designed to teach the basics of being a sports agent. I base the curriculum on everything that I've learned so far in my career, from how to get your foot in the door, to roles and responsibilities, to types of contracts, and how agents make money, and much more. Really looking forward to sharing with you all the information I wish I had when I was just getting started. So again, head on over to sportsagentsecrets.com to check it out.